Thank you, Pastor, for that loving words. Um, before I go into the word, I just want to make a small correction with your permission. Uh, my wife's name is uh, Christy. <laughs> no, don't worry, don't worry. Just uh, a, a small correction. Greetings to you all in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And my wife Christy, our children and myself are truly humbled by this privilege to stand before you all and bring God's word. I thank God for this church, the leaders, and all the members. This church has been a tremendous blessing for the last uh, 16 years. You might not know, but uh, we had all our baptism services in, our form, in your former facility. And I truly am honored and I thank you for facilitating such a great place to have us and to do everything. And I thank God and may God continue to bless this church and use this church for his glory and his honor. Thank God for Reverend and Mrs. Joseph Childs and his family, his blessed children, and especially uh, Brother Reese I met uh, the other day and we had a great time together. And what an amazing work this family is doing for the glory of our Lord and for the extension of our kingdom. One of the young men from this church, uh, his name is uh, Brother, uh, what's his name? Grayson. Grayson, I keep forgetting his name. Sorry about that, Grayson. <laughs> so uh, he won the uh, game uh, during the fall council. So uh, in that amazing, <laughs> just, just uh, give a club offering to the Lord because <laughs> he did a great job. <laughs> When I saw Reese first time, I thought he's a very tough man. <laughs> and last Tuesday when the pastor told me that we are going together, I was wondering how am I going to deal with this uh, tough person. <laughs> but as soon as he came into the car, he came with a childlike smile. To make things short, during the Far Council, him and Grayson and me, we were sitting together and he shared his testimony and I realized how sincere and how simple this looking big, great man of God. <laughs> so uh, never judge anyone by their stature, but look what they feel and think inside. It's a true blessing to the pastor's family, the church, and the entire kingdom of God. Pastor Childs and me have known each other for several years. But our friendship grew stronger when I met him for a help. Because uh, my sons, during my son's wedding, I needed some help. I never conducted a wedding before that. I did all of the ministries, but uh, doing a wedding was uh, kind of uh, difficult for me. So I met him. He took almost two hours, took into the other sanctuary, and he oriented me very well. And that worked really well, Pastor. And I have done so many weddings after that, and I praise God for that. 
my family joins me to thank pastor, his family, and the entire church for inviting us to share the word. We had a great time last Tuesday during Fall Council and on Wednesday evening during the podcast. Tuesday morning, while I was praying for the Lord, the Lord gave me two prophetical words. I shared part of uh, the first one with the pastor. One is for the pastor and the other one is for the church. And for the pastor, this is what I shared. Years before, he went through a very difficult time in his life. He thought he won't make it to the next day. The entire family was broken and the problem that they were going through was like the problem Jehoshaphat faced. He felt like three armies coming against him simultaneously. This is what the Lord said. This is not your battle. This is my battle. Leave it to me and I will fight you. Prepare your people to worship me. And the scripture is from 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verse 15. For the battle is not yours. It's God's. And verse 17. Position yourself which means prepare ourselves to worship God. And for the church, it's from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 15 and 16. Let me read that verse for you. Um, even though I have a NASB, I am reading from New King James Version. Now my eyes will be open, and my ears are attentive to the prayer made in this place. Right this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. And when you build the new sanctuary, it's going to be a house of prayer for all nations. I had two messages today, but uh, during the Wednesday podcast, the Lord confirmed what I should speak today. It's taken from the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 25, through 34. The book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. For he said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of the blood was tried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself what power, that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and touched him, the whole tr- told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith had made you well. 
Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So the title of my sermon today is Steps to the Fullness of Christ. Not just bodily healing. The fullness of Christ. Wholeness in Christ. Let's uh, look to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you once again. I surrender myself and the entire congregation into your hands. We ask for your power, your guidance, and your leading today in everything that happens here. In Jesus' name I pray. Perhaps one of the things we all take for granted most in our life is a good health. Every day you and I are able to open our eyes and get out of bed by ourselves and go about our daily tasks. It is truly a blessing from the Lord. Therefore, we ought to thank him every moment of our lives for what we enjoy from Almighty God. But on the other side, there are people who wake up every morning thinking about their sickness, struggles, and problems. Think of the person who wakes up each morning knowing that he or she will spend the entire day confined to the bed. Think of the person who wakes up every day who has to slide their lifeless check, uh, legs into a wheelchair. Think of that person who has to take a shot every morning just to tolerate the intense pain. Think of that person who has to take an oxygen tank everywhere he goes. Think about the Christians in India this morning that pastor said that they had to fear, live in fear. They had to pay a price for what they believe. They don't know how the next day is going to be. But all that they knew is, I want to serve the Lord. When you and me come here every Sunday morning, every time and worship God comfortably without any fear, my dear friends, brothers and sisters, there are people around the world, not just in India, all over the world, who fear their life, who are afraid what's going to happen next moment. Their lives are on the line. But they still believe God. They are true believers. They are true disciples of Jesus Christ. They are true martyrs of Jesus Christ. There are millions and millions of people in this world who are leading a desperate life. They go to doctors, to their friends, to counselors and spend all their money, but still there is no solution to their problems. Such people become anxious. Anxiety leads into depression. And depression sometimes leads them into their desire to end their lives. Even then, many won't realize that they have a solution to their problems. The Bible introduces a person who can solve every problem in our lives. He is the Savior of the world, the giver of eternal life, and the Prince of Peace. His name is called Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. That is why Jesus said, Come unto me, those who are broken in their hearts and are desperate in their lives. I will give you rest. The only place that you and me, the entire world, can find their peace, joy and happiness, consolation, peace and rest in their life is 
at the feet of our Savior, at the feet of our Master, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. This morning I invite your attention to focus on Jesus Christ and his amazing work in the life of a woman. His name is not given in the Bible. The Bible calls her the woman with the issue of blood. Let me tell a little bit background about the message and go into the message very quick. In the fourth chapter, Jesus was talking to the disciples about the kingdom of God in parables, preaching. And Jesus took them for a boat ride through the Sea of Galilee from Capernaum to Gatherings, life experience. There the disciples had first-hand experience about the kingdom of God, how important faith is in their lives. The windstorm came, and they were all terrified. But they realized that when their master is with them, nothing has to be afraid. At gatherings, Jesus healed the demon-possessed man, deliverance. Then Jesus came back to Capernaum, performed two miracles, healing the woman with the issue of blood and raising Jairus' daughter to the life. Ministry of Jesus in the New Testament is comprised of three major areas. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, it's uh, very clear. And it's more clear in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. I just want to read that verse. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. So, here is the three major areas of ministry in New Testament. Preaching the good news of the kingdom, bringing people to salvation, delivering the oppressed, and healing the sick. Jesus' ministry in Capernaum and gatherings was comprising of three areas, which was revealing the kingdom of God. In chapter 4, verse 1 to 34, Jesus taught them in parables about the kingdom of God. Then he took them for a boat ride. They had a live experience of how to live in the kingdom of God. And then he went to gatherings and delivered a demoniac in chapter 5, verse 1 to 20. And then two healings in Capernaum, that is in Mark 5, 21 to 40. So when you look at the Sea of Galilee, the position of Capernaum is at the northwest side of the Sea of Galilee. I want you to have this in mind. That is where Jesus was preaching. Capernaum was the center of Jesus' ministry in Galilee. It is there many of the miracles were taken place. Capernaum was also uh, known as the home of Jesus Christ. In 2019, October, my wife and me, along with a few other friends, we were able to visit that area and we had seen that place and we had walked through that place. How beautiful, how lovely that area where our Master and Savior lived. And then Gatheria is on the southeast side of the Sea of Galilee. 
So after preaching at, the, uh, at Capernaum, Jesus took the disciples in the boats all the way from northwest side of the Sea of Galilee to gatherings at the southeast side of the Sea of Galilee. And then coming back to the same place in Capernaum, Jesus met with the two people. One was Jairus. Jairus was a very famous man, a synagogue leader, a somebody in the community who had all the privileges. But on the other side, there was this woman with the issue of blood, a nobody in the community. But I want to tell you this morning, whether you are somebody or you are nobody, at the end, your rescue and your healing, your hope is at the foot at the feet of Jesus Christ. You might enjoy all the privileges in this world, but if you are loved by God, he will make sure that at the end of the day, you will come to his footstool. You might be going through struggles and tribulations in your life, but Jesus also wants you to come to his footstool so that you can find peace, joy, and happiness in your life. The woman had the issue of blood. So, the only thing that she could think was death because she spent everything in her life. She had all sorts of things going on in her life. She met all the doctors, possibly everything that she could do. The Bible says she suffered many things from many physicians, but still there is no healing. She was also confined to her home because that day, if a woman with the issue of blood come out in public, she would be stoned to death. So either you stay at home, you will die of your sickness. Or if you come out, you will be stoned to death by the public. The uh, law of Israelites did not permit her to come out in public. So this morning, I want to bring to your attention five steps into wholeness in Christ. How did this woman step into the fullness of Christ? And there are five areas of the woman that she was going through in a desperate situation. Number one, she was spiritually dead. She may have heard about Jesus. She may have known Jesus. She may have read the law. But she didn't have a personal connection, relationship with Jesus Christ. That shows she was spiritually dead. And then she was emotionally broken because of what was going through financially and relationally. In every aspect of her life, she was emotionally broken. And then she thought she was physically afflicted. And then because of what was going on in her life, and then she was financially broken. She may have spent even the last penny that she had in her possession. And because of that, she was relationally broken because there was nobody to come and comfort her. Nobody even to probably bring food to her. I don't know. She didn't have any relationship, any connection, any communication with the community. And if it was today, if you are affected for the last 20 months, the whole world is going through this pandemic. 
And we can still reach the whole world through our phone that we hold in our hands. But back in those days, if someone has to tell somebody, they had to literally walk to the other person and share their thoughts. So I believe there was nobody visiting here because it was not permitted. Looking at the coming and death of Jesus, Prophet Isaiah said like this, by his stripes, we are healed. And Apostle Peter said in his letter, by whose stripes we were healed. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Jesus is the source of life. He is the source of abundant life. In him, God has boldly put everything in Jesus. And if we have Jesus in our life, we have abundance of everything. We have plentiness of everything. We look after money. We run after so many things in our lives. But I want to tell you this morning, at the feet of Jesus, you have the abundance of everything, plentiness of everything, joy, happiness, and everything that the the kingdom of heaven can give you, it's only at the feet of this person, Jesus Christ. Beloved, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Soulish prosperity, spiritual prosperity and wellness of everything. And let me take you to the, through these five steps that this woman went through. And then I want to pray for people. First one is the spiritual transformation. She heard about Jesus. And she believed in Jesus. She may have heard about Jesus Christ before, I don't know. But it was her appointed time. And when her appointed time, he heard, she heard it well. You know, in my personal life, I have heard about gospel. As pastor said, I went through a very tough time in my life. At the age of seven, my little brother, who was six months old, went through a sickness and he died. We grew up in a, my wife and me, we both grew up in a Catholic family. Our parents were pious. And I used to go to church every day. Six o'clock, my father was at the church to attend the mass. And if I won't be there, I would have known that. And so, see, we were very strict, very pious. But when my little brother died, I began to question the existence of God. Why did this happen? If God was alive, if he was real... Why did he take my little brother's life? I dreamed about my brother growing up and playing with him. But on a fine morning, all the dreams were shattered. He was banished from all the hospitals. He came back from the hospital. And then uh, I heard him crying and crying. And then when he was brought home, everyone was gathered around. And I was broken in my spirit. 
all our family members, we prayed every prayer that was known to us. Nothing worked. And probably after an hour, his eyes were open, his mouth was open, and his cries, his veil ceased. That shook me, that broke my heart. And it went on, it began to grow in my life. Then to make things short, I became an atheist after my high school. And then I began to, and when I was doing my master's in economics, I, uh, somebody gave me a Bible. And I began to read it to Christian Christians to argue with them. But let me narrow it down. I read it for three years. On July 7, 1984, the one that I was arguing, talking against, appeared to me that night after 12 o'clock. Jesus said, did I not tell you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. And I couldn't sit there anymore. I stood up and I knelt down. I confessed my sins and I began to cry. The Holy Spirit anointed me with his baptism. And I began to speak in other tongues. And a few months later, I took water baptism. And that day, that late night, my life was totally transformed. I did everything in my life to take away the, the scourge, the pain that I had in my life about the deaths of my younger brother, little brother. But nothing was able to quench or satisfy my desire to have peace. But when Jesus appeared to me, everything changed. I became a new man. My dear, this woman heard about Jesus and she believed in him. And she decided, I'm going to meet with this man. I know there is something in him and I want to know what it is. My dear friends, brothers and sisters, the first thing in our life is not money, not car, not good houses, nothing, nothing of this world. The world and everything will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. It is that word that was in the beginning, and that word became flesh, and that word came to this world, and that word shone into the darkness of this world, and the darkness of this world could not comprehend him. And that was Jesus Christ, the one who was from the beginning, who will be there forever and ever. And if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you can trust in him, if you can commit your life uh, in, 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 into his hands, that is the safest place that you can ever have. Because the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. Where can we find such great safety and comfort and peace other than the name of Jesus Christ. She was spiritually healed. The first transformation that anyone should have in their lives is the spiritual transformation. And the second step is emotional transformation. She had negative experience from many physicians. Because all the doctors that she met told her, you're not going to be healed. Nothing is going to work. Remember I told you about my brother 
You know, he was taken to several hospitals. And from every hospital, they said, nothing is going to work. Nothing is going to work. And that nothing, the words nothing came into her mind. And that nothing stood like a wall in her mind. You know, when the children of Israelites, when they came to the wall of Jericho, the wall had to be, the wall shows first protection. Sometimes it's a protection. Sometimes it's a hurdle that you had to break it through to go to the other side. God said to children of Israelites, you go around singing, I'll take care of the wall. And he did. And until that wall came down, they were not able to enter the promised land and enjoy what the Lord has promised them. In our spiritual life, my dear brothers and sisters, there are so many mental walls that we have created. I want to tell you this morning, the enemy cannot create this wall. Your friend cannot create this wall. Nobody in this world can create this wall until you take it by yourself and place it there. Others can tell all the negative words. But it has no effect in my life until I buy it and put it before me. When I put it before me, I cannot see the way God wants me to see the things. I cannot go beyond that. I cannot enjoy the fullness of life that God has given to me. This morning, you may be a Christian. I was a Christian. I had this mental thing in my life that did not permit me to enjoy the fullness of Christ. Is there any mental walls that you have created? Maybe a religious wall? Maybe a, a something that your family has told you? You know, in our childhood, sometimes people would say, you're not going to make it, you're good for nothing. You know, these kind of words, the word has an effect in our life. The word that is spoken because the Bible says life and death are on the power of our tongue. The spoken word has effect power in our lives. So if somebody come and talk negative words into our life, as long as you buy it and erect a wall before you, it will have no effect in your life. So this morning, if there is a wall before you, I want you to break it down. I want you to pull it down. Because you have the power, the spirit of God that is given to you. The Apostle Paul says, the exceeding greatness of the power that comes to those who believe. You cannot imagine, you cannot understand the power of God that is in you. The mental picture. Pastor said about my wife who was in Kuwait when Saddam Hussein in 1990 when he entered Kuwait. I was... Uh, I was broken. I went through mental agony. I went through mental struggle. We didn't have children at that time. God has promised us children. And God said, they would be serving with you in my vineyard, which they are doing now. They're ministering in another church. They both are doing, and along with my son's wife, all three of them are ministering in a different church. But back then, how can I believe God, you said we are going to have children. We are going to have, we are all, of, all of us are going to minister. But look at what happened. She is in Kuwait and for 29 days we didn't have any communication. 
Lord, what's happening? I was broken and I fell down and I cried. I heard the voice of God. Son, don't you remember when Egyptians were, when Israelites were in Egypt, they were covered by the blood of the Lamb. How much more the one that is sealed by the precious blood of the Calvary will be spared. And when I heard that sound, when I heard that voice, everything was gone. All the brokenness was melted away. And on 29th day, my wife came to you, Iraq, and from there she called me, we spoke. On 30th day, she came back. So there is a mental picture that we all have, we may have in our lives. It may be from the words, it may be from our life experience, that it's not going to work, it's not going to be effective. But my dear friends, brothers and sisters, we have to break it through to come to the feet of Jesus to experience the fullness in Christ. This woman was scared. She was afraid. That day when she heard about Jesus Christ, she decided, I'm going to move forward. No matter what happens, I'm going to take to the next level. I'm going to move forward. This morning is your time to go to the next level, to take the next step. My dear friends, brothers and sisters, she came out boldly. Nobody touched her. Nobody did anything to her other than she enjoyed the powerful transformation and healing that she had from the feet of Jesus Christ. Jesus, her faith was so strong that Jesus, there were hundreds of people surrounding Jesus Christ. And then Jesus asked, who touched me? The disciples said, Master, won't you see people thronging you and here you are asking who touched me? No, no, it's not just touching. Here is one person that made a difference. Power had gone out of me. And I want to see who that person is. Her touch was strong enough to bring power into her life from Jesus. When you break your mental wall, you'll be able to bring power from the presence of Jesus Christ. And the third one, let me move forward fast. The third one is her bodily healing. And I don't have to explain much about that. When she believed in Jesus Christ and their emotional healing took place, it was easy for her to be healed. Let me connect to this uh, uh, with the message, the broader message that I'm bringing today. I want to ask you, why did Jesus have to go to gather rains and come back and heal the woman with the issue of blood and bring back the daughter of Jairus? He could have done then and there. Before healing, there has to be a deliverance. If you are oppressed, that oppression, you have to come out of that oppression and enjoy the healing. Today, so many people are not healed because they are under oppression and they don't even know that they are under oppression. I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about people of God who claims to be great people. Many of them are under bondage. And God has given us the power to break through that bondage. And if we cannot, we have to approach someone who can break that bondage so that the power will come out. And that bondage is broken. There is healing power, everything in it. And this woman was completely healed. And the fourth thing that happened in her life was financial transformation. Before 
she might be thinking, where am I going to go for money? My money is running out. It's nobody to give me money. But when she came to Jesus, she didn't need any money. Jesus didn't ask her money. We need to understand that coming to Jesus is free. To go to some doctors, to go to some places, to go to counselors, you may have had to pay them. But the Bible says in Jeremiah 33:3, call unto me. You don't even have to go anywhere. From where you are sitting, call unto me. I will answer you and reveal to you great and mighty things which you do not know. There is great resources in Jesus Christ. There is great power in Jesus Christ. There is everything, all the good things and all the resources are there in Jesus Christ. In 1997, I was uh, working in marketing in a healthcare company. And when the, in, I, I sat down in a 30-day fasting, and when the Lord spoke to me to come out, one thing that I prayed to the Lord, Lord, I never wanted to be a beggar, begging for money, because that was the time we bought a house. And we didn't know how to, and we calculated both our incomes to pay for the, the rent and to everything. But here, my income is stopped, and I had to find money to pay for the fees to pay in Sagu, Southwestern. That's where I did my master's in theology. I never had, ever had to worry about a penny. Everything was paid off. And Jesus took care of everything. Now we are living in a better house. And you come to the feet of Jesus. You don't have to look for money, just believe in him. You will have financial prosperity. I'm not preaching about financial prosperity. But I'm talking about the blessing that you can have from the feet of Jesus Christ. And the last thing is, Relational transformation. Before nobody wanted to see her. But here, look at the entire picture. Jesus was, Jesus was already going to the house of Jairus. Jesus was going to the house of Jesus. This woman came, stepped before him, and grabbed him, and got what she wanted. Her faith strengthened the faith of Jairus. He was a great man. He was a somebody in the community. But a woman and nobody in the community had to come and tell him what faith looked like. Her life, when her life was transformed, she went back. That, that touched not only the life of Jairus, but that touched the life of everyone that was thronging Jesus. Jesus was surrounded with. She went back in total peace. So in Jesus Christ, there will be transformation in your life. But the first one is spiritual. Then you have to have a, 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 an emotional transformation. Then you will have physical healing in your life. And you will have financial transformation in your life. And then your relationship with other people will be Stronger than ever. You try to make friendship with people. Nothing is working. But when you become a friend of Jesus Christ, everyone will come to you. My dear friends, brothers and sisters. Every step in this woman's life was steps to transformation. 
spiritual, emotional, physical, financial, and relational. She kept on going until she stepped into the fullness of Christ. If you are in the first level, I want you to move forward. I want you to keep going. I want you to fight against all the odds. Move forward because Jesus is with you. And never stop until you find the fullness in Christ. Is the burden, is the burden in your life, heart, so heavy that you cannot bear it today, my dear friends, brothers and sisters? Are you filled with the sorrows and despair? Do you feel today that you are alone, rejected by all? Are you going through an emotional struggle? Do you have a, a physical ailment that you are tired of? Are you going through financial struggle in your life? Is there any relationship problem that you have? Maybe in your family, between parents and children, between husband and wife, whatever the relational problem that you're going through today is, will be solved at the feet of Jesus Christ. Jesus is calling you today. I request the choir to come forward and sing this song, The Healer. While they sing the song, I would like to invite those who wanted to be prayed for. It's not about me. And pastor is going to join me and we are going to pray for people. Just want to spend some time. If you're going through any, any struggle in your life, like to, we would like to pray for you. Hallelujah. Let's all stand in the presence of God and join in worship. While they are singing the song and worshiping God, Anyone wants to be prayed for. Anyone going through a struggle. It's not about me. It's the power of God. The healing power going through here. Let's, let's come forward. Those who want to be prayed for. Jesus is the healer. He is here today. 